If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. Now, here's Lance Meadow. Pepsi Giants Extra Point is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans. Energy efficiency for game time at any time, brought to you by PSENG. Visit riverspringlivinggoblue.org to learn about River Spring Residences, a newly built memory care community in Riverdale. Bigelow Tea, grab a mug and tea proudly. American-made Peerless Boilers, go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. Hack and Sack Meridian Health, keep getting better. And brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Giants. Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you here as the Giants wrap up the 2022 regular season with a 22-16 loss in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field. They finish up in 9-7-1 overall. The Eagles get to 14-3. They win the NFC East, and they also claim the number one seed and the bye. This is the 15th win in the last 18 meetings for the Eagles against the Giants, including nine straight in Philly going back to 2013. We knew that a lot of the backups were going to play today, Jonathan, so it wasn't necessarily a surprise, but you saw a lot of effort out of the group that was on the field for the majority of this game. Davis Webb, his first career start, he gets a touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay, his first touchdown since joining the Giants prior to last season. Webb also ran in for a score. They made a game interesting that I'm sure a lot of people thought was perhaps going to be a comfortable victory for the Eagles, given they had to rely on all their starters. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to tip your hat off to those guys who suited up for the New York Giants today and, you know, played the number one seeded Philadelphia Eagles. Very, very tough four quarter game came down to a one score game at the end of the at the end of the game, you know, so got to tip your hat off to them. They did very well in the red zone today defensively. They yeah. was, they they forced the Eagles to be one for five in the red zone. Jalen Hurts look Subpar today. He didn't look like the MVP candidate that we've seen all year, like they've seen in in the first time they played him not too long ago. You know, and uh, this is a valiant effort. I tip my hat off to all the guys that played, and you know, there were some mistakes. You know, a lot of mistakes there, a lot of penalties there, but that's what you expect from a B team and a team like the New York Giants, who you know play basically most of their backups and some starters there here and there. But they played this team very, very, very tough. And I think this is a team that, look, when the game was over, you usually see one team looking very sad because they lost and the other team looking happy. The Giants didn't look sad after this game. They look like this, they, were, they have some confidence after this loss. That is huge going into the playoffs because, like I said before the game, this is a playoff team. It was a playoff caliber type game for some backups. 
And I think they did a really good job against the Philadelphia Eagles today. And the real postseason will start next weekend. The Giants, it's been solidified. They are going to visit the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be a rematch from a few weeks ago. We just don't know what date and time that game will be played. We'll get more into that as we move forward. That was today's game breakdown. It was brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. We're going to hear from Brian Dable, get some postseason reaction, postgame reaction as well as we move along here as the Giants fall to the Eagles 22-16. to We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Brought to you by PSENG. Third and eight at the 14-yard line for Davis Webb and the Giants. Webb takes the snap, quarterback draw again. Webb goes up the middle, lowers his shoulder, takes out a defender, dives in for the touchdown! And that brings us to the player of the game, brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers, ELEC 825, building our future. Davis Webb, one of two scores for him on the day as the Giants fall to the Eagles 22-16. He ran six times for 41 yards, including that 14-yard bulldozing touchdown as he took Eagles safety Reed Blankenship along for the ride. It Brought back flashes of Daniel Jones' two-point conversion in week three last season when he took Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons for a ride en route to punching it into the end zone and Webb also throwing a touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay. So he is the player of the game. And before we get into more on this contest, a reminder that Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com every weekday at 12.30 p.m., all part of the Giants Podcast Network. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. We will be hearing from head coach Brian Dable addressing the media following the Giants' regular season finale. Our very own John Schmelk monitoring the podium as we speak. And, John, no surprises. We thought that the bench players and the depth chart would be showcased fully. I think the bigger surprise is how competitive this group was today and how they gave the Eagles a little bit of a scare down the end of the road here as Philadelphia had Jalen Hurts back in the mix, but the Giants kept them out of the end zone. They were one for five in the red zone. This was the number one scoring red zone offense in the NFL coming in at 72% today. Yeah, Lance, I think you hit it. It's that situational defense, once again, that's kind of been good all year. And I think this does give this Giants team confidence. If they do if they, if they do end up beating Minnesota next week and they have to travel to Philadelphia in the second round of the playoffs, I think this, you know, you probably feel much better going into that game than you did after they had that rough matchup against Philly in early December. And then I think, you know, if you want to look at it from more of a sentimental perspective, I think you just got to feel good for Davis Webb. You know, he's a guy that's been in the league for a long time, except for one clean-up garbage time game where he had it off and kneeled it a couple times. He's never had significant playing time in the NFL, and he's going to be the only player going to the podium today after Brian Dable. And, you know, I think you just feel good for the guy. He had a touchdown run where he runs over Reed Blankenship, and he throws a contested catch, you know, touchdown to Kenny Galladay, which is kind of the play everyone's, you know, was visualizing for Kenny Galladay when they signed him in for agency a couple of years ago. He gets that touchdown, his first touchdown as a Giant. So, you know, yeah, I think, you know, this day, everyone and the Giants came out of the game healthy. No one got hurt, right? So I think, obviously, you'd rather win the game. But if you can't win the football game, I think you got to be pretty happy with how the Giants are walking out of this final regular season game in Philadelphia. Well, and speaking of sentimental value, I think also that applies to Kenny Galladay, John, because he finally finds the end zone. It's clearly been a trying season for him, both from a physical and a mental standpoint. And after he caught the touchdown, he goes to sit on the bench, and the first guy that greets him is Brian Dable. And they have a heart-to-heart there. So I think that says a lot about what 
the coaching staff thinks of Kenny Galladay, as yep. well as all of his teammates who then followed Brian Dable over to the bench. There was a lot of emotion on the sideline for an individual that clearly has had his fair share of struggles since he joined the Giants a year ago. Yeah, Lance, and look, you, you mentioned in, in the last promo you read about Big Blue Kickoff Live, and we always got questions this year about Kenny Galladay and, oh, you know, is he not trying? Is he dogging it? You know, that was never the case. It just didn't work out. You know, he couldn't be the type of productive player when given the opportunity that he was uh, with Detroit, which is unfortunate, but he kept working hard in practice. The coaches said nothing but good things about him. He stuck with it. Um, he continued to be a good teammate. You mentioned his teammate's reaction on the bench after the touchdown. That, that should tell you all you need to know. You know, Bob told the story about the team, you know, going out to dinner and, and him picking out, the, you know, helping pick up the check with, you know, Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley. So, you know, just, it's great. I mean, it, it's good to see a guy who stuck with it all year, worked hard, and in a game, understanding the Eagles are up by a couple of scores and, you know, the touchdown in the big picture really doesn't mean a whole lot. It was still good to see him make that play. And then the other thing I'll throw out there, too, guys, this is more of an Eagles perspective thing, you know, big picture playoff stuff. You know, it really feels like a lot of what they do offensively is relying on Jalen Hurts' legs. Sure. And if they don't feel confident with him running the ball because of his shoulder, now maybe they're just being cautious in this game because it was the regular season and not the playoffs. And I think that's what it was. Yeah, It could very well be. But now as you head into the playoffs, you know, he needs to be able to run the football and take hits with that bad throwing shoulder if this Eagles offense wants to work at peak efficiency. Because since that injury and he hasn't been able to run it, the Eagles offense has not looked the same. And I think that's especially relevant, Lance, to what you mentioned in your first question to me in the red zone. You know, a running quarterback in the red zone, and, and Jonathan can speak to this, really gives that offense a different dynamic in terms of design runs, read option, moving the pocket, things like that. And if you could trust a quarterback to not just run it, but, you know, run through defenders, get an extra yard or two, you know, that rugby-style quarterback sneak that they run. They did do that once today. You know, those are all essential parts of the Eagles' offense. So, you know, they have another week off now, Philadelphia. They clinched the one seed. You know, but can he get back to being that integral part of their offense, running the football in the postseason, for them to play like the Eagles team that earned the one seed and not like the team that's played the last three or four games. Well, because I think you had to account for it. Jonathan, I want to bring you to the conversation. When you go up against the Eagles before the injury, you had to account for Miles Sanders may run yep. it, Hurts may run it, or Hurts then may throw for an explosive play. He ran nine times today for 13 yards, but we saw... More often than not, he was sliding. He was giving up. He wasn't looking really to challenge himself or the Giants' defense today, it seemed. Yeah, and, and look, they need him. They The, the Philadelphia Eagles need Jelly Hurts, performing at a very high level, not hurt, to do any type of damage in the playoffs. I think walking out of this game, Giants losing, Philly winning, the Giants have more confidence than the Philadelphia Eagles going into this playoffs. Just from... The performance that we've seen from some of the guys that haven't played as much, uh, McLeod, some of the guys on defense, and then also Kenny Galladay getting that touchdown. And you see he almost like galvanized the whole sideline. Dayball went over there first. Hey, guys. Defensive guys going JC. over there. JC, sorry. I got to Hold tremendous. that thought, Jonathan. We got here. Brian Dayball speaking right. to the media. Yep. Good. Good. Um, tough game. 60-minute game. Came down to a few plays, give uh, Philly credit, but um, thought our guys competed all the way to the end, and um, it was a tough game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's 
It's the NFL, so the guys you have on your team, you have confidence in. I certainly have confidence in all the guys that we have. It's, you know, you're not playing walk-ons and things like that. You're playing people that earn the right to be on a team and compete and play. So, um, so whoever we have out there, I have confidence in. Um, they all know what to do. I thought they played a very competitive game. There's a few things, obviously, we could have done a little bit better. Um, you know, tried a few plays to get us going there on the fake field goal and onside kick uh, just to try to generate some offense, which we were stalling a little bit there uh, for the first, you know, half plus a little bit. So, um, you know, tough, competitive, smart guys that you know, we value on our roster. Yeah. Yeah, we just thought that was, was best for our team. Um, I thought he made some good plays, and you know, I thought some plays we obviously could have done better. But I thought he competed for 60 minutes, and um, you know, gave us a chance at the end. Yeah, no, I, I understand the question. Um, I'll leave those conversations that we have in house. Um, but you know, some of those guys have played a lot of football, uh, so we gave you know we gave some other guys some opportunities. Yeah, I mean, our defense stood out. They had to score one touchdown. They held the field goals on some short fields. Um, you know, I thought, look, I thought everybody out there competed. I'm not going to single out any individual. I just thought they all competed right to the end. And, um, you know, ended up being a one-score game there. Tried to get an onside kick, but, uh, you know, just came up a little bit short. You get another shot at the Vikings now. Um, that, do you leave that... Yeah, I mean, it's you, when you play a team close all the way to the end, um, usually the team that makes a few more plays wins the game, and, and they did. So, uh, you know, all our preparation will be geared towards uh, that team. They're a fantastic team, well coached, and we're going to have to do a good week of preparation. Uh, that's the playoffs, you know, whatever the seeds are, the seeds are. So we'll prepare as hard as we can to uh, go play a really good football team in a hostile environment. Uh, I, I think you'd have to ask them. I think that, you know, every week's a new week in the NFL. You know, we have obviously division games, um, play teams twice and, you know, usually in the playoffs, you know, if you're playing good teams, um, you probably get a crack at them twice too. Um, so, um, you know, we're needing we're need our best week of preparation. Um, Does it give you more confidence? More confidence. The fact that you can go in there and win knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I, I just know that I got to do a great job of, of doing my job. Uh, the coach has got to do a great job of preparing. Each week's a different week. Um, and this week will be a different week than it was the last time we played them. Just like Washington was different, just like the Philly game, the De they're all different. So uh, we're just going to control the things we can control, which is our preparation and our, and our practice. And we'll figure out when we're going to play them here, you know, I'm, I'm assuming after this game tonight. This game put a ball in the regular season. What would you say about a team for these 17 games? I know you're going to prepare for next week, but say we did enough to get to the so in terms of the evaluation of all that, that'll be another time and place. But I was proud of, of our guys, the way they competed today. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you came up short. 
you want to win every game and um, you know results weren't there but all the process and the preparation like it's been all year um, has been good so we're going to need our best this week Brian you've coached a lot in the postseason in your career as an assistant I don't know they're all a little bit different you know the, the, the first one was 21 years ago and the last one was you know an unbelievable game last year at Kansas City. So, and all in between, there's about 30 of them. So, uh, each experience is different. I don't think. I mean, I think you can definitely learn. Absolutely, you can learn things just like you do in the regular season. But how it how it goes for that particular game that you're getting ready to play really doesn't have much bearing at all. Um, you know, you got to play well. You got to coach well. It's you know, it's a one game season. It's what it's at. Yeah, I, look, we, we try to do the best job we can every time we play. Um, again, I've said it plenty of times, the results aren't always what we want, but uh, how we competed, how we prepared, um, I give those guys in, in our locker room a lot of credit. Um, they work extremely hard. They're smart, tough, dependable. And, you know, we came up short, though. So uh, we got we to gotta go back home, you know, take these buses home, um, get in the training room, get in the meeting rooms, and, and have our best week of preparation. I'm sorry. When he made it, did you say how did I feel? Oh yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I thought he had a chance for another one too. Um, we're kind of zipped by him, but uh, you, you're proud of all your guys. You know, Belton, who's you know hasn't played a bunch, but is playing, and we have a lot of confidence in. Uh, you know, Kenny made a great play there at the end in the end zone. You know, that's you know has doesn't play a bunch, but when he had an opportunity tonight, you know, he made a big play for us. So you need everybody on your roster at this time of the year, um, whether that's for five plays, 60 plays, practice, look team, everybody is important um, in the organization. And, you know, certainly starts with the players. Right. People talk about momentum. Do you think the guys that didn't play today were really your, your, your front line players gained momentum off of an effort like this today? Well, I just know they were, you know, they were doing exactly what they needed to do when they were out there with their teammates. They were encouraging them. They were looking at the pictures. They were into the game. And again, um, you only have a certain amount of players on your roster to compete each week. So you make decisions um, and actives, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we sat down, Joe and I, and, you know, talked to some coaches, assistant coaches, and thought this was the best thing for us. And look, our team is, uh, you know, I think we have an identity that, you know, we're, we just try to compete. You know, that's what we try to do. And whoever's out there, uh, we have confidence in. All right, so that was head coach Brian Dable speaking with reporters following the Giants' regular season finale as they fall to the Eagles 22-16. to But as he discussed, they are heading to Minnesota for a rematch with the Vikings in the wild card round. We're going to get into that rematch, some takeaways from the first matchup. 
as well as takeaways from this last game against the Philadelphia Eagles and what the depth chart may have shown that helps the Giants both in the short term and the long term. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. This is Davis Webb, and you're listening to the radio home of the Big Blue, the fan. WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. Webb takes the snap, hands it off to Brightwell. Up the middle he goes. Brightwell's got a first down, carrying the pile all the way to the 40 before he's finally dragged down. A gain of eight for Brightwell, and the Giants convert another third down. And that brings us to the Giants Power Report, brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. On the ground today, they ran the ball 21 times for 129 yards, over six yards per carry. Highlighted by Davis Webb's rushing score. Gary Brightwell led the way. 11 carries for 60 yards. His long was 25. Webb added six runs for 41. And Matt Breida, four for 28. As we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you. Recapping the Eagles' 22-16 victory over the Giants as the Giants wrap up the regular season at 9-7-1. and They now will turn their attention Back to the Minnesota Vikings, a team that they lost to on a 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph in Week 16, 27-24. And as far as this contest is concerned, Jonathan, earlier we were talking about the effort, and that shouldn't surprise anybody because as we discussed in great detail in the pregame, you were giving players today opportunities in playing time that did not come their way for the majority of the season. So if the effort wasn't there, you would question, well, what's going on with the mindset of the guy? So I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. It was more so the level of execution in terms of them preventing Philadelphia from duplicating what we saw a few weeks ago at MetLife Stadium, knowing this is the number one red zone offense, and also not allowing the Eagles to really dictate the tone of this game, knowing Jonathan coming in, they had everything to play for with the number one seed as well as the NFC East title on the line. Yeah, and the Giants, they took a, they were down 16-0 in the, in the first half, you know, and for them to come back and, and keep the game very manageable and close and an onside kick away from actually trying to go back and win the game, you know, and, and that's like I said earlier, I got to tip my hat to the guys that played today because everybody wasn't playing. There was a lot of guys who are an integral part of this Giants offense and defense and special teams that didn't play. And you got guys like Lawrence Cager, who had eight catches. Marcus Johnson added three catches. Kenny Galladay is a guy that, you know, I think he has been a disappointment for a lot of us as fans, you know, but to see him get in the end zone, I think that was, that's great for him. That's great for his morale and great for the team as well. And then also, like, defensively, you got guys like Rodarius Williams who – you know, said he should be playing earlier in the year. Well, today he got a chance to play, and he actually led the team in tackles with 10 solo tackles, you know. And and to get some good game experience against a really quality team, no matter what happens, that gives you confidence. That gives you confidence and ability that, look, I can go and play against these guys, these A.J. Browns and Devontae Smiths of the world, and I can go ahead and compete against these guys. And then you look at Gerard Davis, somebody that the Giants just recently bought in. I think he had a great game today. He showed that he was very physical. Uh, uh, very uh, uh, involved in the running game, bringing it you know downhill. Also, Micah McFadden as well. Dane Belton added another interception with his limited play throughout the, the throughout the season. He showed that he is a playmaker for the Giants. And look, that was the whole thing. I wanted I wanted to see guys who didn't play 
a lot, get some playing time, and have some success. And that's exactly what I saw, especially on the defensive side of the ball today. They also had three sacks against Jalen Hurts, too. And this was an Eagles offensive line that has been steady all season long. I know they're missing Lane Johnson at right tackle. But other than that, they still have two other Pro Bowls on the offensive line. And they didn't let the Eagles' rushing attack go crazy. Boston Scott clearly had another rushing touchdown. We know his track record. And you look at 135 yards, but all in all... What did they do in that first matchup? Remember, Jonathan, Miles Sanders had over 140 rushing yards. The yardage per carry was through the roof. I know Jalen Hurts didn't necessarily look to run, but they didn't have those back-breaking runs that they allowed. And that, to me, is also key, especially when, once again, the Eagles were leaning heavily on their starters. Yeah, and you look at it, four yards a carry, look, that's that's the minimum that's the maximum when you look at defensively what you want to give up to a to an offense, right? But the Giants have been way over that the entire year, giving up over five yards of carry. So to see the one of the top rushing teams in the NFL to keep them to four yards of carry on, you know, a, a, a defense where you're not playing your main guys, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Leo Williams being out, those are the guys who has been stopping the run the entire year. But like I said, Adequate playing time for a lot of players that didn't really play a lot in the season. And I think when you turn on the film throughout the week, you're going to see a lot of great plays from a lot of players that we're that are not household names. You know, and I think that is huge because the Giants, we've been seeing this all year, the Giants lack depth. The Giants don't have depth, especially compared to like the Philadelphia Eagles or, or a team like that. And I think today was a good way to get the, the guys who are a little lower on the roster some adequate experience. And then, like I said, walking off the field, I didn't see a defeated team. It looked like a confident team that just lost a game to a team that they said they they feel like they could have beat. That's what it looked like to me. And that is huge. When you talk about going into the playoffs with some momentum, that was a huge question. You had, I think you asked us two or three times Absolutely. before the game started about momentum. And believe it or not, I think the Giants, with this loss, have some momentum going into their first playoff uh, appearance in 2016. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, Jonathan, I want to explore more of that with you when we come back because I wonder with most of the starters not on the field, how much does that momentum translate? So hold that thought. Definitely want to delve into that as we start to look ahead to the Minnesota Vikings game. And we will step aside when we come back. We'll get Kenny Galladay's reaction to finding the end zone for the first time in his Giants career, as well as what the Giants could take away from their performance against Minnesota two weeks ago that they're going to need to clean up in the rematch next weekend with the date and the time to be determined. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. Webb takes the snap, drops back to throw, lobs one for Galladay in the end zone. He leaps up for it. Did he make the catch? No. Incomplete. Yes, touchdown. 50-50. There it is. Kenny Galladay's first touchdown catch is a giant. It's 25 yards. I love it. Playing against his own teammate. That's a heck of a play there. Let's see if he got his feet in or a body part down. Both feet are in. Both feet are in. Kenny Galladay's first touchdown catch since he was a Lion. Carl mentioned against his former teammate just to specify because he has two former teammates in the Eagles secondary. It wasn't James Bradbury defending him. It was Darius Slay, his Lions teammate. And Galladay made a beautiful one-handed grab. That's the play of the game. It's brought to you by your local Ford stores. 
Visit buyfordnow.com. Ford is the official vehicle of the New York Giants. As we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you, recapping the Giants' 22-16 loss to the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. They wrap up the season, the regular season portion, at 9-7-1. They get ready for a rematch with the Minnesota Vikings. Well, speaking of Kenny Galladay, we had an opportunity to catch up with him in the locker room after the game. Let's listen in to how he took his first touchdown. We're at the locker of Kenny Galladay. What you saw and Davis and everything? Uh, really, um, Webb just gave me a shot, you know, definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Um, long time coming. Um, it felt good, especially felt good, you know, also make a play for uh, Webb, you know. I think this was his first start, so, you know, it felt good, you know, for him to get a touchdown. Did you, I'm not being a jerk when I ask this, did you keep the ball? No, nah, I, I didn't score enough. I don't, I don't keep the balls that much no more. Okay. <laughs> Uh, was it gratifying in a way? I mean, it's been, a, like you said, a long time coming. To, and it wasn't just a rare touchdown. It was a, like an acrobatic circus. I mean, let's just put it this way. Like, I wasn't surprised. Um, like I said, it felt, it felt good to finally get that, that first touchdown. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You know, it felt, it felt good to get it. Kenny, your teammates seemed happy, really happy for you. Did you feel that as you went to the sideline and uh, interacted? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and that just made me more appreciative, really, uh, that those guys got hyped for me. You know, even though we were, you know, you know, losing the game, uh, that means a lot. What uh, has the last eight weeks or so been like for you? It is what it is. Uh, I was just, you know, happy I was, I was able to go out there um, and make a play. You're a guy who's played, done a lot of good things in this league. Did you mind playing in a game with it that was mostly backups? Was that I mean, okay it, with you? Or? It, it is what it is. Um, I understand the circumstances, uh, but at the, at the end of the day, that's my job to go out there and play. That's Kenny Gallaudet. And the player press conference is brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. So Kenny Galladay reflecting on his touchdown as well as his playing time. And I want to expand on that, Jonathan, because I know on Big Blue Kickoff Live, a show that you're also involved in on Giants.com as well as the mobile app, and you can hear that on all your favorite podcast platforms, we get constantly questions on a weekly basis about Kenny Galladay. Is this going to be the week where they're going to target him? They're going to utilize him more. And I don't want to take anything away from his performance, a meaningful performance, but I think perspective is needed, meaning, okay, he gets his first touchdown. The coaching staff is not all of a sudden going to have his snap count skyrocket next week against Minnesota. We've got to realize, as Kenny Galladay was asked, this was a product of they didn't want to play Isaiah Hodgins. They didn't want to play Richie James today because they wanted to avoid injury. And Galladay, to his credit, was able to capitalize with more playing time. Yeah, look, and, and look, when I when I hear Dayball speak, he always talks about practice, right? And then people always was asking questions about Kenny Galladay and his lack of playing time and his lack of reps and his lack of catches this year. And he always went to, he does what we ask him to do at practice. You know, and I think this just needed to have happen in the game. And it finally did, not just for the Giants and Dayball and the guys that want to see him play receiver, but for Kenny Galladay. You know, I know they had a lot. Of, he had a lot of questions going into like maybe like, can I still perform? You know, am I still that guy that I think I am or that I know I am? And I think this was confirmation. So look for him to practice really well this week coming up. Look for them to have the team collectively to have a spirited practice this week or oh, the entire week. Because I'm telling you, man, when you're in that playoffs. And you know there are teams that are sitting at home, you know, going on vacations and hanging with their kids, you know. You got at least another week that you can put that stuff off for at least another week. You know, and that is huge. That is huge. This is the reason why you play in the NFL, to get into the dance, to have a chance to compete in the Super Bowl in February. And the Giants don't punch their ticket. And like I said, this game, 
people say it was a meaning it was a meaningless game, but it it never was really a meaningless game. It never maybe it doesn't count in your seating, but this game meant so much to so many people. Kenny Galladay was one of those guys that had something really good taken out of this game with that that single-handed catch for a touchdown because it's been a long time coming for him. Yes, he said he scored some touchdowns in the past, but not for New York, not here in, in, in for this team. And then I love the way how he looked. He deflected right away to Davis Webb. They was asking him about his catch, but he was like, I'm just happy I caught it for Davis Webb. It's his first start. This goes to tell me that he actually is a good teammate. So if anybody had questions out there about him and his character, I think he answered that question today. And he, once again, took advantage of his opportunities, which is important in a game like this because this was a little bit more about the individual, to your point, than maybe the team accomplishment overall. And I'm with you from the standpoint of spirited practices because when you think about most of the guys that got playing time today, well, what do they do during the course of the practice week? They're on the scout team, right? They're going to give the looks to the starters, which brings me back to what you were referencing right before we stepped aside, Jonathan. And you said, oh, well, maybe given how competitive they were, they can gain some momentum. Now, I had some conversations with you both on and off the air, and I was a proponent of, I thought there was value in playing some of the starters today because I think there is something to be said about playing your best football late in the season, carrying it into the postseason. And the Giants were coming off a Vikings performance and a Colts performance where you had consecutive, really good offensive showings. And do you want to interrupt that? Now, Brian Dable and company reflected on that. They prioritized health and completely understand where they were coming from. I just wonder with most of those starters not on the field, Jonathan, whether or not that momentum that you were talking about does truly translate when most of these guys are not going to necessarily get as much playing time next week. Look, I, I think every team is different. You know, every year is different. And, and you have to take that approach to the team you have now, not what worked for you or a team that you were a part of in the past. You know, and at the end of the day, this team lacked depth, especially in the middle of the season. They Attrition was a problem for this team in the middle of the season. Now, as the season progresses, this team is actually getting healthy. A lot of guys are coming back. Xavier McKinney, Aziz Ojalari, he's been now. Now he's kind of been in the rotation a lot. A lot of guys are starting to get healthy. And I think this is the team that, led by Dayball, I think he knew that they needed this game to go ahead and get those guys back. I don't think he knew that this was going to be a confidence booster, which I think it is. I think this game gives everybody more confidence in this team as a collective unit. That, yeah, we knew the starters were good. We know Dexter Lawrence is one of the better playmakers on in, in, uh, in the interior on the field. But Justin Ellis got quality snaps today. Ryder Anderson got quality snaps today. O'Shane Zimenez, Tony Jefferson, Cordell Flock, guys who are not household names for this giant team, had quality reps and kept this high-scoring Philadelphia offense only to 22 points. And it didn't look pretty. It didn't look easy for Philadelphia at all today. So I think the momentum is there. It may not be with the starters, but trust me, those starters, if you can see Saquon, even Sterling. Sterling's been on IR for like 15 weeks. <laughs> and he's there, adamant, ready to go. He was there tonight when the guys hung out after the last game. This is a, a tight-knit group. This is a team that Kayvon Thibodeau said it earlier. This is a family. And they're playing like a family right now. And the momentum, I, I don't think, could be any higher than it is right now after this game. After this loss, too, Lance. Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a funny thing. 
Life of the NFL, as you can attest to. One other notable stat, speaking of the defensive performance, Eagles just 5 of 14 on third down. Another big reason why they weren't able to capitalize in the red zone. Make sure to download the ASAP app to get all of your game day needs in and out of the stadium. Use code GIANTS22 to score free delivery tickets, autographed items, and more. ASAP.com is the official mobile ordering partner of the New York Giants. We will step aside when we come back. We'll hear from Davis Webb, get his reaction to his first career start. His family was on hand in Philadelphia as well to observe that and we'll start to look ahead to the next matchup against the Minnesota Vikings and what went wrong down the stretch of that game that the Giants could certainly learn from as they apply to this rematch. That's coming up as we move along here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, brought to you by PSENG. This is Davis Webb, and you're listening to the radio home of the Big Blue, the fan. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Fourth and two, a yard and a half, ball just shy of midfield for the Giants. Webb calls out signals, takes the snap, has some time, dumps it off in the right flat. Pager, though, is not going to get there. He reaches, but he's going to be close. It's going to be close. Well, the official closest to the the tackle seemed to have spotted it. Nice saying move the chains. Pager got the yard and a half with extra effort. And that is part of today's scoring drive of the game, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans thanks to that extra effort play on a fourth and one from midfield. It kept the drive alive, and then later on, it would be Davis Webb on a 14-yard run that would find the end zone. The two-point conversion attempt was unsuccessful, but it made it a 19-9 game, still in favor of the Eagles, and that capped a 10-play, 59-yard drive that ate up nearly five minutes, as that is the scoring drive of the game. We welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you as the Giants fell to the Eagles 22-16 in a game that mathematically didn't hold a lot of weight. Why? Because the Giants knew they were locked into the number six seed, and they learned as a result of other outcomes today, they're going to head back to Minnesota. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, but Davis Webb, who orchestrated the offense all day long and had two touchdowns, he had an opportunity to address reporters after the game. Let's listen in. Um, very exciting. Um, I want to thank all the O-linemen and Marcus, KG, Cager, Gary, um, Matt. It was a lot of fun playing with those guys. And um, Darius came in a couple plays. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we battled. And um, they're a really good team. No one see in the NFC. And we took them four quarters. And um, I wish myself first and the offense second got off to a better start. But, I mean, it was that second half was really fun. And that's something I'll never forget. Spot on. <laughs> I uh, I slid the first draw and uh, they kind of collapsed on me pretty quick and uh, we called something similar and um, I think it was third and eight or, or something like that and um, there were some predetermined decisions there like you got to get in or get it close so um, when it was that opportunity um, just anticipated and executed. What, what was it like whenever they told you that you were going to start? Uh, after the road you've been through, they could have started Tyrod uh, to give you this chance. I imagine it's kind of why you came here. Yeah, um, you know, very thankful for that opportunity to uh, Joe and Dabes. Um, 
you know, I, I think Tyron and Daniel, I'm thankful for them too. They supported me all week and helped a lot on the sideline uh, with Shay and Mike. And, um, you know, it, it was um, it was a battle. I mean, they're a really good team, um, but uh, I didn't play good enough for us to win uh, early in the game. Davis, how about getting a touchdown to Kenny Galladay, which obviously has been rare? Uh, yeah, I told him on. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday, I said, I promise if it's one-on-one, you're going to get a shot and you're, and you're going to catch it and you're going to and do it. And um, he did over a former teammate in Detroit and it was a great opportunity for him and he executed it. You know, he played hard and those guys, we only played with two receivers most of the game. So, I mean, they, man, they uh, battled their butts off. Hopefully they get some Pedialytes on the, uh, on the bus ride home. Uh, we we met throughout the week. You know, I think um, the game plan um, coming out um, had to change um, from the first half to the second half, and um, they did a good job, kind of um, taking away some of the things we tried to get going. And um, but once we settled down and, and got to some other things and um, started, you know, me finding completions and running the ball with some uh, zone schemes outside, um, I think we were able to kind of get some momentum going, some rhythm, and get them on their heels for the first time in a while. And, um, you know, we, we, we made them play four quarters, and, you know, it came down to an onside kick. After that touchdown, did you and Kenny have a moment on the sideline or on your way to the sideline or something said? Um, <laughs> I kind of blacked out, to be honest with you. But in, in the end zone, I remember, you know, Kenny was so fired up, and, you know, he deserved that. You know, I think um, he's come to work every single day, he continues to get better, and he had an opportunity, and he, he executed that. Um, you know, I, I'm very, very happy for him. Um, I wish um, I got in the ball a little earlier. Davis, two-part question. Obviously, you have the shirt on. So your thoughts on where DeMar is today, which is pretty remarkable. Man, he's a strong dude. <laughs> and, uh, so that, what you, your thoughts on DeMar right now, and then your thoughts on playing the first football game, like you took your first hit since then, mm-hmm. defensive players gave their first hits, any kind of hesitation? or was No, no. Um, they're a pretty good defense. There's a, my mind was occupied with other things, but I understand the question. Tamar was on my mind every day this week. Um, myself, my girlfriend, parents, family, everybody was praying and loving. Um, not only Tamar, but the entire organization. I mean, everybody had to watch that and go through you know, a brother going through something very traumatic, and um, my hearts are with the whole city. I mean, they've been through a lot, whether that be the storm, um, to um, tops, the shooting there. I mean, that city's been through a lot, and um, I'm glad they got a win. And I know Demar was happy watching. What's it like to anticipate as a New York Giant going to the playoffs? It's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I think my favorite part of the game was Daniel, Tyrod, Saquon, Shep, um, John Feliciano, <clears throat> Julian Love, Adoree Jackson. I mean, I'm, I'm probably missing names, but they were into the game and they were celebrating with their teammates. And, you know, after that first rushing touchdown, the sideline and everything kind of felt a momentum switch. And I just wish we got that a little earlier. So that is Davis Webb speaking with reporters after his first career start. He did finish with two touchdowns. He was also talking about his former Bills teammate, DeMar Hamlin. Davis Webb, remember, was with Buffalo from 2019 to 2021. So he has very strong ties to that organization and was reflecting on 
what they've had to go through as a team, though they did have a big win earlier today against the New England Patriots. A little bit later on, we'll update you on the rest of the Week 18 NFL scoreboard. So now they start to turn their attention, Jonathan, to the Minnesota Vikings, a team that they lost to 27-24 in Week 16. One of the most noticeable developments coming out of that game was the fact that the Giants, they actually outclassed the Vikings from an offensive standpoint. They were able to move the football plenty in that game. The problem is the 445 total yards, right, didn't translate to as many points as they had hoped because of mishaps and miscues, specifically the two turnovers deep in Minnesota territory, including the fumble by Daniel Bellinger and then the block punt. So they were with the Vikings every step of the way, but as we see with all of these close affairs and What a coincidence. The two teams that have played and won a combined 19 one-score games this season are now going to go at it again in the postseason. Yeah, and and last game it was was the same type of fourth quarter, you know, deep in the, you know, battling to the end of the game, you know, type of deal because these these type of teams, you know, they can give you cardiac arrest, you know. Maybe that was a little too early to use because, you know, the – situation my apologies everybody but they can give you you know some serious problems because they they always keep it close you know at the end of the game you know and uh that's the type of game that the Giants like the Giants like to keep it close you know the Giants only had one game where they won uh by a a big amount which was the last game against the Indianapolis Colts you know so the Giants are a tough physical team that if they keep it close Daniel Jones is not going to make that mistake Saquon Barkley's not going to make that mistake to go ahead and let you get the game, you know, but it has happened to them because collectively as a unit, they do make mistakes as a team. They do make mistakes on special teams, and I think that's what came back to haunt them in that game, and it has haunted them in the past. And even today, the fake field goal attempt, what was that about? Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Evan Neal, false start a couple of times. Uh, The one drive they had where they had 10 plays, 16 yards. 10 plays. Back-to-back delay of game 16 penalties. 16 yards. Back-to-back delay and then the intentional grounding as well. Those are plays like that. Of course, this is, we're talking about the third-string quarterback, but these are plays and these are scenarios that has cost the Giants games, plays, drives, and they have to get rid of these plays, especially when they're going to go into a hostile environment against a really, really good Minnesota Viking team. And you got to be very limited on your mistakes down there because just like you saw last game, at the end of the game, they did a good job on Justin Jefferson for three quarters. And at the end of the game, with a couple mistakes here and there, and then allowing the best receiver in the league to show that he's the best receiver in the league, caused you to lose that game. I think the focus is a lot different going into this week. I think the practice this week is they know what they're they're getting themselves into. And I think they're going to have a tremendous week of practice and go into Minnesota and surprise a lot of people. Not me, but a lot of people. 17-yard screen pass, I think, is one of those plays that you're referring to that Justin Jefferson caught that was able to put Greg Joseph in field goal range for that 61-yarder, even though he has struggled a bit, actually, since he nailed that field goal two weeks ago. And if it does come down to the small things, you got to make sure you avoid the untimely penalties and the miscues because, to Jonathan's point, Evan Neal, who's going to play next week, he had two false starts penalties, and he's had four in the last five games. And By the way, it's no surprise that they played him today because I think part of that, Jonathan, is they want him to clean up some of those issues. Yeah, and defensively, a a lot of guys, you know, that that play for the Giants, you know, I think are like frequent guys who have mental errors, make mistakes. And I think, look, them playing more and more like they did today, some of these younger guys like a a Pinnock and 
Cordell Flock and Tamon Fox, Dane Belton, the rookie, M- Micah McFadden. Like, this is great experience they can have and not garbage time minutes. You know, they played a whole game against the best team in the NFL, definitely the best team in the NFC, and they played very, very well. You know, doing a good job in the second half, only allowing six points in the second half to a really, like I said, a really talented team. So you got to take something from this, you know. And I think the question was, I think you had the question, and a lot of people had that question, when you don't play your starters, how could you take anything from this game? And I feel like the guys that played today are the guys that are mostly backup positions, but they're going to get adequate playing time in this playoff game, and they have some type of, you know, energy and some type of, you know, confidence coming off of this game that, hey, I just competed with the best receivers in the league. I just competed against the best offenses and the best defenses in the league, and I did well. And I think that says a lot, and that's going to bode well in, for the Giants collectively and especially for their second stringers or the guys that are rotating in that played a lot of time today. And that giant secondary specifically is going to be tested next week against Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, and Irv Smith, who was activated off of IR. Their other tight end, Adoree Jackson, has not played since the knee injury. McKinney's played one game. We'll delve into the state of the secondary entering the postseason. And we'll also catch up with everything else that's happening in Week 18 as the playoff picture is just about all solidified with one more spot up for grabs on Sunday Night Football. Giants fall to the Eagles in Philadelphia, 22-16. to 16. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Brought to you by PSE&G. This is Adore Jackson, and you're listening to the radio home of Big Blue the Fan, WFAN, and WFAN-FM, New York. Lance Meadow back here with you. Let's take you through the Week 18 NFL scoreboard. So there is one game currently in progress, Sunday Night Football at Lambeau Field. Packers hosting the Lions. Green Bay controls its own destiny. If the Packers win this game, they get the seventh and final spot in the NFC playoff picture. They just took a 3-0 lead over the Lions with 11-21 to go in the first as they had first and goal at the Detroit 5 but could not punch it in. Mason Crosby with a 22-yard field goal to give the Packers a 3-0 lead over the Lions who were mathematically eliminated when the Seahawks outlasted the Rams 19-16 in overtime. Jason Myers kicked a game-winning 32-yard field goal with 434 to go in the extra session. This after he missed a 46-yarder at the end of regulation, deflected off the right upright. Niners locked up the number two seed in the NFC with a 38-13 victory over the Cardinals. Brock Purdy collected three touchdown passes, two to George Kittle, and Elijah Mitchell ran in for two scores. The Commanders topped the Cowboys 26-6. Kendall Fuller had a pick six off Dak Prescott. Sam Howell had two touchdowns, one rushing, one passing, as that was his first career start for Washington. The Broncos rallied past the Chargers 31-28. Russell Wilson saved his best performance for last. Three touchdown passes to three different targets. An emotional day in Buffalo. The Bills had their first game since DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field due to cardiac arrest during last Monday night's game against the Bengals. Naheem Hines didn't miss a beat. He returned the opening kickoff of the game for a touchdown. He added another later in the contest. Bills cruise past the Patriots 35-23 to lock up the number two seed in the AFC. Up next, the Dolphins in the wild card round. Miami outlasted the Jets 11-6. Jason Sanders came through with a tie-breaking 50-yard field goal with 18 seconds left in regulation. Dolphins snapped a five-game skid and secured their first playoff berth 
since 2016, just like the Giants. Steelers doubled up the Browns 28-14, but needed the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose in order to punch their ticket to the postseason, despite the other teams not cooperating. Pittsburgh finished in 9-8. They've never had a losing record in 16 seasons under Mike Tomlin. Bengals took care of the Ravens 27-16. Thanks in part to four sacks, four takeaways, and a defensive touchdown. Cincinnati will host Baltimore again next week in the wild card round as they avoided a coin flip to determine the site of that contest with a win. Bengals have won eight in a row. The Vikings topped the Bears 29-13 behind Alexander Madison's two rushing scores. Chicago secured the number one overall pick in this year's draft as the Texans rallied past the Colts 32-31. Davis Mills connected with tight end Jordan Aikens for a touchdown with 50 seconds to go. Then they hooked up again for the go-ahead two-point conversion. Panthers edged the Saints 10-7. Desmond Ritter threw his first two career touchdown passes. Falcons beat the Bucks 30-17. Tampa Bay has the four seed as they will go up against the Cowboys in the wild card round. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and tea proudly. As we welcome you back to Pepsi Giants Extra Point, he's Jonathan Casillas. I'm Lance Meadows. So glad you could tune in as we're recapping the Giants' regular season finale. They fall to the Eagles in Philadelphia 22-16. Let's run you through the stats. They're brought to you by Pepsi. Giants watching is better with Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. And we ran through the rushing numbers earlier. Davis Webb, in terms of the aerial attack, 23 of 40, 168 yards. The touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay in his first career start. Lawrence Cager was the leading receiver, eight catches, 69 yards. Jalen Hurts, 20 of 35 for 229. He did not throw a touchdown pass. He was picked off by Dane Belton. So Hertz did not break a tie with Randall Cunningham. They were both tied. Cunningham did this in 1990. 35 offensive touchdowns. That is the franchise record. Hertz, with his first game back after missing the last two with a shoulder sprain, you figured he'd untie the knot with Randall Cunningham. But it speaks volumes of the Giants' defensive effort. A.J. Brown led the way with four catches for 95 yards. Radarius Williams was the leading tackler for the Giants. He had 10. So did Jared Davis, who had half a sack. And Kazir White was the leading tackler for the Eagles with 12-9 solo. As those are some of the notable scores out of this Eagles-Giants game. As the Eagles do sweep the season series. Giants football brought to you by your local Ford stores for great deals on the full lineup. Visit buyfordnow.com for the official vehicle of the New York Giants. Right before we stepped aside, we were referencing the state of the Giants secondary. Dory Jackson was doubtful coming in. He did not play. He missed his seventh straight game due to a knee injury. But we caught up with him in the locker room, and here's his perspective as he tries to return for the Vikings playoff game next week. We're at the locker of Dory Jackson. I mean, as you've seen today, they was out there scrapping, showcasing. They've been doing that, so um, yeah, that's just how I feel. If you, where are you at physically? You just you know, obviously played a long time. <laughs> just like you think you're ready for next week? Um, like I was just telling them, just getting back into the groove and um, taking it a day at a time. Um, just doing everything that they're telling me to do. You know, staying patient, being persistent. Uh, and consistent, you know, with the work and um, everything that they asked me to do. If you are able to, if your if your knee is healthy enough for you to come back, what's your confidence level? I mean, you would you will have not played a full game in almost two months. So, what's right. your confidence level that if the knee's good, that you can get back out there and contend with the best receiver in the league? Uh, I think that's what you know practicing is for and exalting yourself and putting yourself in um, different positions to um, you know test everything out and see how it is. Um, I know everything out there in the game is different than a lot of bullets, but 
physically is one thing, but it's about how mentally sharp have you been over these these past um, games that anybody injured that you haven't played, are you still mentally locked in, doing the thing, studying, and everything necessary? You were watching that first game where Jefferson you know, had a big game. How much of a difference do you can make if you're in the lineup? Um, that's just the only thing you can see when it, when it when it happens. You know what I mean? Can you guys shut them down? I think for for us, uh, what we want to do, um, you know, is, is is limit you know their big plays and and uh, just try to execute our game plan, execute you know things that um, we do well, and um, whenever that is, we'll just see you know what happens. Competitive wise, for you, you're a competitor, but you haven't been out there in the fire. Can you get that edge back pretty quickly this week if you're? Out there? No, I don't think I lost my competitiveness on my edge of you know wanting to compete and wanting to be out there and play with the guys. So I don't think um, the competition part would um, be a, a factor. Have you stoked the fire though the last couple months? Say it again. The past month or so, have you been keeping that fire going for yourself? Uh, yeah. I mean, wh- I mean, watching these guys make plays every time they make a play, just you know, like more fuel to it. Like, man, I wish I was out there with my guys. Man, every time they do something good, I wish I was out there or whatever it may be. Um, even at practice, you know, watching them and doing, seeing things on film, like, dang, I wish I was just out there. They don't even have to be making a play, just being there with them, um, in the huddle, laughing, joking, flying around, having fun, celebrating with them. You know what I mean? So um, I think all that, you know, adds to it. How, how close to a how close to a full practice have you had? Um, I mean around this time. Um, like know. when they say you're limited, does that mean you're only getting a few reps, or are you mostly testing, playing like you would in a game? Uh, for me, uh, whatever they have me doing, I'm testing like I'm playing a full game. In your mind, are you playing next weekend? In my mind. Mm-hmm. You, as far as you're concerned, are you playing next week? I mean, we're just taking a day at a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was, if I could give you an answer, I would, but that's just how the uh, process has been going. You know what I mean? So, so be, that's a Dory Jackson. I'm going to slide over here. Listen to Dexter Lawrence at his locker. All right, so that was the Dory Jackson speaking to the reporters. And Jonathan, a fair question that was posed his way, and this is what I wanted to get into. He has not returned for a regular season game. So if he is fortunate enough and he was non-committal, though then again, Brian Dable has adopted the same philosophy all season. So I wouldn't necessarily read into a Dory not giving you a clean answer. He's taken a page out of his head coach's playbook. But if you haven't played since the Lions game, right? That was when he was hurt and he's missed the last seven contests. The Lions game was Sunday, November 20th. That was back in week 11. Your first game back, let's go down the hypothetical road, and let's assume he does suit up. You're talking about, as the question was posed his way, nearly two months, and practice, as he referenced, will help him get himself in shape. But the difference between he and McKinney, Jonathan, is McKinney got his feet wet a little bit, right, against the Indianapolis Colts. Adoree, it's baptism by fire. You're throwing him right back out there against the number two seed in the NFC. Or the number three seed, I should say. And the difference with them as well is the injury. You had a hand injury or finger injury, whatever you want to call it, in Xavier McKinney, and a lower body injury with Adore. So Adore hasn't really been practicing. McKinney's been practicing. He was on scout team for a while. And I even heard a defensive back coach talking about a play that McKinney made two weeks ago that just... He was like, oh, yeah, That was he's Jerome ready. Henderson, the yes. DB's coach. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, he's ready because he has been running and he has been at practice. So, look, I hope Adoree's back, but don't expect him to come back in and look like the same exact Adoree that we were just used to that 
was a top corner in the NFL and a top return man in the NFL. Of course, that was the reason why he got hurt in returning balls. But look, the, as much depth the Giants need, they need him. You know, and it, that may not be for 60, 70 plays. It may be for 15. It may be for 20 plays. And it might it might not be this weekend or this next weekend coming up. But we'll see because he is a tremendous player. And he would add depth and help the Giants out tremendously on the back end. But like I said, today was a huge game for other guys like like Panak and, and Flott and the guys that played the cornerback position and played defensive back for the New York Giants to get adequate experience and give them some type of confidence going into the playoff run that, that the Giants are in right now. Well, they're going to need him. Why? Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Two weeks ago, TJ Hawkinson, 13 for 109 and two scores. Adam Thielen was relatively quiet. K.J. Osborne, quiet. And now they're going to get Irv Smith back, their other tight end who missed the majority of the season with a knee injury. So there's a plethora of weapons in terms of this Minnesota passing attack, which means they're going to need as many hands on deck as humanly possible in terms of the secondary. Because I think what we also saw today, Jonathan, is Wink Martindale, you know, he has that aggressive philosophy. And I would be very surprised if that changes all of a sudden next week, which means... He puts secondary players in sometimes precarious spots, right? So if you can have a Dory to rely on, you feel good about him handling his own against a veteran wide receiver, but it's another thing to be out on an island with Justin Jefferson, the best receiver of the game. Absolutely. Look, and and like you said, Wink Martindale does a good job and mixing play calls up. But like you said, it definitely leaves defensive back in some tough positions sometimes. Yep. But the guys have been game for it. I haven't heard nobody complaining about it at all either. So let's see what the game plan is this week because I'm excited to see if Adore's back or not. And I'm excited to see the Giants go ahead and guard, compete, try to win their first playoff game in a long time. And we will delve into that matchup more and an opportunity for you to also weigh in at 877-337-6666 in terms of the Giants going to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. So stick with us if you're listening to us on The Fan in New York. We're going to be right back with more post-game coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network. Final score once again, Eagles 22, Giants 16 at Lincoln Financial Field as the Giants finish up the regular season at 9-7-1. But we still have more football. I just can't tell you a date. And I can't tell you a time. We're going to have to wait till Sunday night football wraps up between the Packers and the Lions. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants Radio Network brought to you by PSENG. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.